0: mindfulness mode
1: what is it that it's under your control that you can do consistently every day or every other day and do that
0: reach new heights of calm focus and happiness right here on mindfulness mode with me your host and mindfulness life coach bruce lankford Mindful Tribe, we talk about meditation a lot on the show. We talk about what it does and how it can help you and and the science behind it. And we've talked to different people who are meditators. Well, today, not only are we talking to somebody who is a a wonderful meditator, has the most incredible voice and has just an amazing way of creating meditations well he's also created get this a meditation app that you can download and use which is absolutely excellent today i'm interviewing fabio matuzzi fabio are you in mindfulness mode today
1: absolutely thank you bruce for having me
0: yeah it's a great pleasure to have you here and i just want to share a little bit about you with Mindful Tribe, and that is that not only are you the founder of the MindFlow app, which is the first adaptive meditative app, well, you uh, started your career as a computer hacker, which is very fascinating to me, and you've always been passionate about the human mind and obsessed with understanding why people do what they do. And as a result of that fascination, you've studied neuroscience, neurolinguistic programming, and even hypnotherapy, which I'm very interested in as well. And you've practiced all of these things with hundreds of people in your, your global journey. And you're now a coach and creator of meditation courses And you use sophisticated yet easy-to-follow practices which are based on all of this expertise you have. So, so exciting to have you on the show, Fabio. What does mindfulness mean to you?
1: Well, as you said, the computer engineer in me has to answer with the definition by the book that is focusing your awareness on the present moment. But the therapist in me, though, that is more used to work with words, has to focus also on mind and fullness, which in a way, the way I see it is to fully use your mind potential. So how do you use that state of mind of being so focused on the now to open your capabilities for everything that you're doing, uh, whether it is in, in sports or in business or more in general for your personal improvement? And that's what I really like to see in mindfulness, see it as a tool for achieving what you want to achieve.
0: Fabio, I have so many questions I want to ask you. But the, the thing I want to say right away is that I, I downloaded your app, MindFlow, and turned it on and, and checked out a few things. And the first thing that struck me was how incredibly awesome you sound on that app, your voice, your accent. I just like I just was absolutely sold as soon as I started listening, because you have such an incredible way as a meditator, your voice and, and accent, it just is perfect for that. How long have you been doing guided meditations to help others the way you do on this app?
1: Well, thank you very much. First of all, it's, uh, it's been a, a few years and uh, it's interesting how it started that I didn't quite do it to be meditation for a lot of people. It was just because my, my family is back in Europe and I am here in the US. And so once I was back in Europe after a course that I've done on uh, NLP and uh, hypnotherapy and other things in that realm, and uh, obviously I wanted to experiment uh, new techniques that I have learned, and uh, my mom offered <laughs> to be a volunteer. And so I did it a little bit with her and she was incredibly receptive to that. So she it was a whole new experience for her and I was so excited to, to hear her saying that she could swear that she was swimming and she would feel their, the hands were moving. And obviously she was not doing any of that because that was just in her mind. And, uh, <clears throat> and so I wanted to create some experience for her because... When you go back home, there's a lot of people that you need to see, obviously, and the time is limited. So I couldn't quite do all the things that I wanted to have her experience. And so when I came back here to the US, what I thought was, well, I should just record it and then send it to her. And then I thought that maybe the easiest way is just to put it in this app. She just needs to download and click on without having a lot of logins and things. And, uh, and so I did. And so she really liked it. It was in Italian at the time. That was the first track that I created, and uh, and she was happy to hear my voice. And you know, it's it's great to connect in as many ways as possible when family is not near. And uh, and so at some point, I saw that a lot of comments came in on that track, and uh, and I even had people that were that were sending that were sending donations to me, and I I, I thought this is incredible. So. I thought that if somebody is donating to me for for this, it has to have some value and it really has to mean something for them because I certainly didn't ask for any of that. And so that's where I started to think maybe I can really make a difference in this. And I started to create some more content.
0: That is a fascinating story. So basically, you created the app for your mother, and now it's available for everyone. All, like, that's really your story. That's pretty incredible.
1: <laughs> yes, that's that's very interesting.
0: <laughs> now, can people listen on the app and hear you in Italian as well as English? So the Italian
1: tracks are on Insight Timer, <clears throat> which is the number one app for, they have a lot of tracks and from different authors and everything. Mindful specifically is all in English for now. And uh, the, one of the main reasons is that the way the tracks work in the app is that they it's not one single file that is just playing. So that's the main difference between MindFlow and all the other great meditations app that are out there is that those are basically audio players. So you yes. basically just click play and then you just listen to it. In this case, the concept that I created is of adaptive meditation is just in the middle between therapy and meditation. So the idea is that one thing that I try to do when I create meditations is I use all the techniques to facilitate your brain in receiving what you need for that specific thing, whether it is to relax or for anxiety or for sleeping. But uh, there's one way that I cannot do with uh, just recording a track with an audio player is that I cannot adapt to what what you're thinking. So if I tell you to imagine a staircase and that you have to go through that staircase, your staircase is going to be completely different than the one that I'm imagining. And even the time that it takes you to visualize that staircase is completely different than another person. And so I hear sometimes people that complain about, oh, no, this track is too fast or this is too slow. I don't have time to think. And uh, this is the problem that I was trying to solve with this app, which is basically using some very minimal movements of your fingers. So you basically meditate with uh, your phone, your device under your hand. And uh, I use the fingers to communicate with the person. So then the voice that is telling you visualize the staircase, and, and then it can say things like, and tell me when you are done. And then you can just quickly move the finger with your eyes closed without disrupting your whole beautiful state in which you are. And then the next piece of the experience can go on. And uh, this is one way that I implement, but there's also more complex things like uh I can ask you, are you sure that you understand this step or do you want to go more in depth? And so there's different pieces of different tracks and that makes the work to create that much more complex than just the one single file. And that's one of the reasons why it's in English only for now.
0: Right. Well, your app called MindFlow is really an interesting app. And uh, I'll just point out right now that the website is mindflowapp.me. So you can check that out. Well, another interesting thing about the app, not only is it adaptive and you've explained what that means, but it also connects to the Apple Watch. Tell us how that works.
1: Oh yes, that's that I'm very excited actually about because it's a it's a very new experimentation that I've been doing, and uh, the idea is if if you're a listener and you I'm sure are familiar with biofeedback is yes. very similar to that type of technology. The main difference is so just a few words on biofeedback if somebody's not familiar is the idea that instead of just passively listening to a certain track or a certain sound, you're actually adapting to the heartbeat of the person that is listening to it. And it uh, in biofeedback, you can use different things like heartbeat and um, there's the EEG. There's whole a lot of things that they use in neuroscience as well for measuring how the person is reacting to that experience. And they adapt the experience based on that. Now, what I haven't seen before is... I've seen the adaptation of music, of sounds, of uh, even soundscapes, but I've never heard the adaptation of language. And so the pacing of the language is not something that is easy to do because imagine that you're meditating and uh, you are slowing down, your voice starts to sound like this. And you don't want that to happen, obviously, because that disrupts the whole flow. And so the technology that I put together with the team is is actually solving that problem. So the pace of the meditation just slows down, but imperceptibly so that the, the difference between the fast and the slow pace adapts with the heartbeat that is listened to with your Apple Watch. And that way it basically can help Follow how you feel without you even having to say anything at all.
0: Well, it's very interesting. uh, You know, when I started to use the app and it said put my two fingers on the screen. So immediately I was like, okay, so how does this work? Are you picking up my pulse? Are you, how does this even work? And you've kind of explained it. So at one point you asked me to, you know, press my finger down or something. So that's how you, you, connect with the listener is by having your two fingers on the phone, correct?
1: Yes, that's correct. So there for the Apple Watch, it senses the actual heartbeat of the person. But for everybody else who doesn't have an Apple Watch or doesn't want to use that the app is completely functional for the adaptation just using their simple two fingers on the on the device.
0: Fabio, tell Mindful Tribe some of the categories you have and some of the other features of the app. Just tell us a little bit more about how robust it is, how many different uh, mindful meditations there are, that kind of thing.
1: Oh Yes, absolutely. So what I've tried to do with the app is to make sure that there's something for everyone. Because I wanted to make sure that the app is okay to be used by somebody that just is starting to meditate. And so there's tracks that are more heavily guided. And uh, there's other tracks that are more useful for expert meditations. So so for experts who like to meditate in a less guided way. So there's, for example, a track that just mirrors the sound of the ocean. But uh, you can regulate the speed. And uh, it's not like a YouTube video where you simply say, go twice as, as fast, as quickly, because obviously that's not the effect that you want. That's not relaxing at all. No. But, uh, but with a, an expert meditator could, for example, use that to meditate and regulate his breathing or her breathing with the sound of the waves breaking. And there's changes that you can simply do actually with a slider on the screen, even if you don't have an Apple watch that says faster, slower, and you can just put it to whatever is that you like the most. And uh, then you go with the flow that is perfectly adapted to the the one that you like. And uh, as far as categories, there's also other things about, there's obviously sleep, that's a big one, because there's so many people that actually use meditation apps specifically for sleeping and uh, i remember that when i was putting my content on uh, insight timer uh, i was i was not aware of how people would use the meditation apps and so i was just creating some content for for helping different things and when i created the one for sleeping i looked at the charts the next day and I saw that it was like a hundred times more than it was the day before. And I said, oh my God, I, I became famous. What happened here? <laughs> and instead it was simply that. It's just the, the meditation that I just published was about sleeping and it had 8,000 plays in a day. And, uh, and so I, I really realized from the comments that that's a big problem that a lot of people have. And they were telling me, thank you so much, I've had insomnia for years. And now with this, I can finally sleep well. And that's really the most fulfilling thing that you can read when you're starting your day. And uh, so sleep is a big category for sure. And uh, there's also, yes. And also there's another category that I really invested a lot of time on is the wellness category. And uh, this is the one that I see is, probably the most different than the other apps that I've seen out there and is as I was saying what I'm trying to do is something between meditation and therapy because with this new tool being adaptive I can do things that react to how you feel at the moment and the goal there is when you meditate you are in a great state during the meditation and if you do it enough time, you basically train your brain to stay in a more relaxed state overall. But uh, with, when you do things more close to therapy or neurolinguistic programming, what you try to do is to actually embed that behavior in the brain so that it, it stays there outside of your meditation time and it helps you doing other things. And obviously not everybody can or want to afford a therapist that, as you know, it can be quite expensive. And so being this tool in the middle of the two things, that's what I'm trying to solve it for, for people who cannot or do not want to go to a therapist, but still has a chance to do something more than meditating. And that's where the wellness category comes in. And in the wellness category, what I put there is things that are more related to specific um, behaviors, for example, that you want to change. And uh, there's a lot of strategies that you use when you do therapy that explain to the person how to help themselves. Because that's one key thing of therapy is, if if you're working with me and you're the client, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You know what to do that is best for you. What I'm there for is just to guide you through the process of discovering that to the extent that you can actually use that knowledge and make that change in your life. So this is one of the processes, for example, is to change any bad behavior. And it uses a technique that is called reframing, where it basically changes the perspective of how that bad behavior is affecting you and how you can now control that behavior and change your behavior that could be something around an addiction or even something very simple like being too anxious or being overreacting to things. It doesn't need to be complex. I like to be very pragmatic. And there's a lot of things that I like to change in my day-to-day. And um, yes, so that's the main thing. But then there's things more related to pain management and uh, with uh, childbirth painless childbirth. There's uh, actually a client just three weeks ago. She she worked with me before for pain. And uh, she was thinking that I did a great job. So now that she's pregnant, she was due in a few weeks. And she said, don't you have anything that I can actually use? And uh, I ended up creating very quickly the meditation in MindFlow for her and then three weeks later, she called me and she said how helpful that was for her delivery. It really made a difference. So that's the type of things that I really like to hear from the people that I work with.
0: Yeah, so interesting. Well, the MindFlow app is free. Is there a paid version of it? Or how do you make money from doing this, Fabio? Uh,
1: right now, I don't, actually. <laughs> right okay. now, I don't. <laughs> but uh, there's a plan, yes. I. What I would like to do is to have certainly a base of the app that is free so that people can still enjoy the content and get benefit from it and uh, of course on the other side uh, you also have to pay for all the infrastructure and everything that's behind it so what i'm doing there is i'm creating a subscription tier so that you can have the app for maybe just a month or a year whatever you like or lifetime if you want to but uh, say that you're working on a specific problem like the childbirth you wouldn't be paying the subscription for like six months. You're delivering the baby in a month. So that's it. And so I created also a subscription for just one month so that you can just enjoy the benefits and then you can go back to the free tier. And we're going to roll in that out in the next uh, weeks.
0: Oh, are you? How how long did it take you to develop this app and and how long has it been up and running?
1: Yes, so the app has been up and running. The first version was up, uh, for uh, two years actually mm-hmm. and uh, and then in the last year we really realized what was the potential and so we really started to invest heavily in technology and that's where the Apple Watch came in and also the fact that now I I have a whole engine that basically allows you to create those meditations flow without writing code so I'm even considering one day in the future having external people creating content to put on the platform and with that in mind not everybody has coding skills but everybody knows how to draw a few boxes that say if this happens then play this file if this happens play that file and that's what I've been building too so it took about a year or maybe six months to a year to create the first version but now the the one that is more robust and has a lot of other features that I didn't talk about, one of those being the goal setting. I know that a lot of people like to challenge themselves and they are better at achieving what they want because they are they have a clear goal of what they want to achieve. And so there's a, what's called the ring chart, which basically has three concentric circles that start filling up for your daily minutes of meditation and your weekly minutes and your monthly minutes and you can decide how many you want to do, and that's gonna just track it for you and keep you motivated, for example.
0: Right, very interesting. I'm so happy to be already working with a number of listeners as a mindfulness life coach and hypnotist. You might have heard of someone who's lost weight or quit smoking with the help of hypnosis. As a licensed hypnotist, I work with anyone struggling with an issue. Maybe it's sleep, maybe it's smoking or weight loss. Well, I've lost 35 pounds myself and kept it off using hypnosis. And now I'm offering a beta package and I'm really excited about this beta launch because it means big savings for you and it means I get the opportunity to work with people like you and I have openings for only three people so you need to act now if you want to lose weight I've created a video to help you called how to lose weight for good watch the short video and then book a quick call with me and you can jump right in now and you'll get 50% off the price of the package. So go to mindfulnessmodecom weight loss and if you just want to book a time and talk directly to me, go to mindfulnessmode.com/ let's talk So I look forward to connecting with you. now back to the show Tell me when you got to the point where you started to believe in yourself started to believe I am enough. Hope is okay. I want to go back to your life as a computer hacker. You worked for many years as a professional computer hacker. What is that? What do you do? That, that's <laughs> yes. quite intriguing to me.
1: <laughs> yes. So the first thing to say is I was doing it legally. Right. <laughs> I was, right <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Good. Yes. <laughs> so I, I was working for big corporations and uh, financial corporations mainly that uh, wanted their systems to be solid and secure for obvious reasons. And mm-hmm. so the best way to make sure that nobody can break into your systems is to get somebody that is skilled into breaking into them, break into it, explain how it did, and then write a report on how to fix those those issues. And I that's see. what I was doing. And it was incredibly fun. And uh, I remember that uh my boss was really one of the one of the most successful people I know in that field. He actually was the one who trained the best hackers in the country and uh this this specific firm I was working with was a, was working with the top telecommunication financial firms, so there were probably i wanna say less than fifty people in the country that were doing that type of work, because it's very sensitive data that you touch. And so they are very careful about who they let in. And, um, and so what one thing that he told me was that it has a lot to do with psychology, rather than hard computer skills. And uh, that was an eye opener for me, because all my courses in class of security as a computer engineer, nobody ever told you that. And uh, one thing is, you need to think that whoever wrote that code to protect that website was a human. And that human would be just some guy that went to university, studied the same things you studied, and then read the books that you read. And uh, at some point, it gained experience the same way that you did. And so you can start thinking how he thinks. And so when you start getting into the psychology of, he's a human. He would probably, if he had infinite resources, he could have implemented all these different things. But where are the things that he didn't have time to implement? And then you start poking around until you find something and, uh, and you go forward with that process, which is sometimes more psychological than technical, I have to say. <laughs>
0: Well, that is quite fascinating. I want to talk to you about hypnosis because I've been trained as a hypnotist myself and really love helping people with some of their mind blocks and their issues, whether it's losing weight or smoking or whatever. Tell me when you became qualified in hypnosis and about that part of your journey.
1: Yes. So that was a very slow journey for me because as a as an engineer, I was very, very skeptical at the beginning because in general, I had no idea of how that worked and if it was even a thing. Like, I really started from the most skeptical possible point of, is this even something that exists? And, um, and it took me years to even solve that knot to begin with. And uh, I started from reading a lot of uh, NLP books back in the day. And, um, and so I, I started to experiment. So I, I think of myself as a, as a kid or a scientist, whichever of the two you want to think of, but you're experimenting and you have measurements and things that you can reproduce. When you have those two things that are basically the scientific method, then you know that something is there. And uh, in my case, I started to experiment with people, simple things. So if you speak at the same speed as they speak and uh, you start to use the same tone of voice and you start moving the same way they do, that's what in LLP they call to create report, is, is actually something that facilitates the conversation. And then back in my career, I started to see those things coming up in different courses of management, sales, And so I started to see how the things were coming together and then there was something there. But still, the word hypnosis comes with a lot of background of things that are not very scientific at all. And uh, as of today, I haven't found a paper that actually has a measurement of what being in a trance state means. And um, I was actually uh, discussing this with uh, the person that certified me uh, that he has a clinic where he studies this with people from universities of Geneva, so people that are qualified in the scientific world. And he was telling me that they were on a good path on actually finding with uh, with the functional MRI that there is something different that happens in your brain when you are in that state. But um, what I started with was a lot about reading books. and uh, And then I started some point, after maybe a year or so, I started to feel that I wanted to experiment a little bit more. And so I went to a class and it was a one-day class on one specific hypnosis technique. And um, and then we were in this class and they divided us in groups. And it was a group of three people and all the others were, because it was a very specific technique, all the other people were just hypnotherapists for years. And I had no idea whatsoever of what I was doing, obviously. And so the other two people in my group, one of them was the client and the other was the hypnotherapist. And I was the person to check if they were doing the the thing that they just taught us in the right way. And then we would switch roles. And so they start doing that and they see that at some point the client is not responding the way that they were just teaching us in the course. And so the other person become stressed and start looking at the pages back and forth and back and forth. And then she looks at me because obviously she doesn't know that I am I'm just there for the first time. And so she told me, well, what do I do now? And so instinctively, I just had an idea and I, I came close to her ear so that the client couldn't hear. And I told her, why don't you tell her this? And so I'm like, okay. And so she tries. And then the flow goes back to, what, what, what happening, And then, and then it happens again. And so at the end, she basically say, Hey, great job. Thank you so much. And, and I thought, how is it possible? Like these people are really, really trained for years. How is it possible? And then I realized that all the stuff that I've read in NLP was coming together. And the two things are actually, coming one from the other. So NLP actually, as you know, was created by modeling the work of uh, Erickson, which is one of the two, the other being Dave Elman, two ba- basic hypnotists of the century, the ones that actually created hypnosis or hypnotherapy, better said, the way that we know it. And so, so at that point, I started to understand it better, but still I hadn't had the perception that I knew the difference in my brain on myself. And that's where I really got more serious about investing on this. And, uh, and when I went to a much more organized and structured certification uh, through Omni, which I, if it's one of the best in the world, uh, I wanted to really go to a place where there's no, <laughs> no doubt about the seriousness and the professionalism. And uh, I really found it there. And I was actually lucky enough to be trained by the owner of the company. They have more than 14,000 people that they have been uh, training around the world in many, many countries. And uh, if they are not the number one, they are definitely one of the best out there. And uh, he was very, very serious. So he was clear on the fact that he was just explaining to us techniques and every time somebody would come out with something that it was less scientific he would just say I don't know about that this is what I am teaching you this is what I know it works and let's keep it very down to earth and practical you are here to help people and your philosophies and religious beliefs and all that you, you can just keep them I respect them I just don't want to cover them in the course and so that's where he actually gave us some tools that we could use with each other. And then that is where I felt w- what it means to be in a different state of mind. And uh, and that course, I really saw a lot of things that I couldn't think <laughs> were even possible. And, uh, and when I tried it on myself, then I realized, okay, now, now I understand. This thing is actually helpful. And then, then okay, the, the wall of skepticalism was broke forever. And it took me a few years to get there. But uh, now I know that I can help people with those tools. And uh, as I said, things that you can measure, things that you can reproduce. When a client comes to me and uh, she's in tears, she has a problem, Uh, she cannot even speak about it because somebody did something bad to her. And uh, when she gets to the point of even trying to tell me what happened, she cannot do that. So she's blocked. And then two years later, she comes out to the here and now and says, with a smile, she can discuss the problem. And one time it happened to me that she was even laughing about it. She's like, I don't even know how I let this thing Ruined my life for so long. I wish I had met you seven years ago, and uh, and that is when you think, well, this person had no interest in in faking it. Well, why would she do that? She she, no. she she just feels better, and so to me, it it really comes down to that. If it can do something good, whether it is in the brain of the person or in the way they perceive reality, it doesn't matter to me. It's just. A person was suffering, and now is not. That what it comes down to to me.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I I just really appreciate knowing that. What is the man's name that owns Omni that you studied from?
1: Uh, he's a Hans ready Whip, and I can send you the link to their website. It is uh, Omni O M N I Hypnosis, and uh, he's really, really, really good.
0: He's very a, interesting very to know. Very professional. Yeah, very interesting to know. I'm I'm fascinated with that. Well, you have had quite a journey. And in the intro, I mentioned something about your global journey. Have you done work in different parts of the world? Or when you say your journey, are you specifically talking about your specific journey through understanding the human mind?
1: Oh, well, both, actually. (laughs) So it it has a, a double meaning because I'm originally from Italy but um, when I when I came here to the US, I first went to Spain, and I lived there for a while. And then I was in Puerto Rico for a while. And so there was a time where I had to fill out a form for the first, I think it was a, a rental thing here in the US. And they were asking me, where you lived? And when I finished to fill up the form, I finished the lines of all the places <laughs> where I have lived in the middle. So I've been around quite a bit between different things uh, that that brought me there. It was the master in business administration and work and job opportunities that moved me around, but uh, also the journey in understanding the mind and how it works. That's definitely the other side of that. Because if I think back to 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I was always interested in why people do what they do, but at the very, very tip of the iceberg. And now I see that the more I look into that, what I spend most of my time on when I'm free is to read neuroscientific papers. And uh, there's always something new. And it's really a field that we don't know much about. And the more we know, the more there is to discover, which is really exciting to me
0: yeah it is exciting as we move on in the interview well first i want to ask you about bullying have you ever been bullied or were you ever a bully in your life was there a story that you can share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference
1: yes unfortunately yes and i say unfortunately because i was not the bully i was the one that was bullied i think okay so the it actually made a difference uh thankfully Thankfully enough, I I will tell you how I got to the solution to that. But starting with the problem, it was it was uh, one of my bosses in the past, uh-huh. and it was one of the first jobs in the United States. And um, and so when I started to work there at the beginning, I was really happy that I that I got into the job because it was one of the first ones. And then things started to look really odd. And, uh, this guy was obviously business-wise successful because he's been in business for a while. And, um, but he was saying things that were really weird to me. So he was bragging about listening to people's opinion just because then he could convince them how wrong they were. And at the beginning, I thought it was just a joke or more of a salesy type of, type of speaking. And, uh, but then, at some point, I realized how people were coming out of the meetings with him shaking, and and it was not just me. And so I started to get more worried. And then, and then finally, when I started to realize that the guy really couldn't accept anybody else's opinion, and uh, obviously he was the boss, so it was there was nowhere else to go. And I started to to talk about different situations that happened in the office with other people, because the first thing when something looks, looks weird is do a reality check. So maybe, maybe it's me. I come from a different country. Culture maybe is different here. It's just something I need to get used to. Or maybe this is just how things work and I'm being oversensitive. You never know. So it's always worth, in my opinion, to first put things in check. And in this case, I started to ask, but so is it normal if I have a client on the phone and I have to explain to them that there's a dog running between my legs and barking? And so having those type of conversations really were weird to me because the guy had a dog and he was fetching in the office while everybody else was working. And, And it's the first office I see in the United States. So what do I know? And then right. I started, <laughs> it
0: sounds very unusual.
1: <laughs> yes. And so uh, and so, I asked to other people, and he said, "No, look, this is absolutely out of any possible business line of behavior. You should go to HR." And uh, and well, I said, "Well, it's a very small company. He is HR." <laughs> right. So, and so, at that point, uh, I also saw that the other managers. We're having the same type of problems and once we get out we got out of the meeting and the manager that was with me said look don't take it personally he said don't it's, it's not about you it's just it's just the way things are here and uh, he pointed me to a little a little package of pills that he had on the desk and it was pills to stay calm and oh. i thought Okay. No, this is this is not gonna work. No, I'm no. not gonna I'm not gonna take medication to go to work. <laughs> no, absolutely because. not. No, not not gonna happen. And so, uh, what I thought at that time was, I still this is still my first job. I have to I have to build my resume. It doesn't sure. look good if I drop every like uh, every couple of months or after a couple of months. And so at that point there's basically three things you can do, right? When, when you're not happy with something. You can accept it, you can change it, or you can leave. So yes. this was too early to leave because I didn't want to ruin my resume. No. There's no way in the world to change some old guy that have behaved like that for his whole life and that's just the way it is. So I could temporarily accept it, but now how do I do that? Because it was really a stressful environment and uh, and again, facts, if you go on LinkedIn, I'm not going to say what's the company, obviously, but uh, there, the people in my position, you would find one year, six months, one year, two months. So they're, they just stay there for enough time to move on. <laughs> and right, so yes. In, in my case, uh, thankfully, it, it was a book that just came in, in helping me. Uh, I was at the library at the time for buying a gift uh-huh. and there was this blue book uh, that just caught my attention and uh the book was The Way of the Seal from Mark Divine and I'm going to send you in the the details later if you like but thank you it's uh it's basically a retired sea captain that uh is applying all the different techniques that he has learned in the seals which is one of the most possible stressful environments that I can think of because they are used for, they are special forces of the, right. of the Marines. So what they do is they go behind enemy lines. They are in very small teams. They are out there stranded with not a lot of resources. And so he basically used all those different preparation methodologies and applied those to business and to mindset. And in the book, he walks you through all the different ways to prepare your mind to those stressful situations and so, when I read that in the library, I thought, "Oh, that's fantastic if if this guy is being shot at, <laughs> it sure will work for me, my little problems here for sure yes <laughs> and so and so I did and i I religiously wrote the book read the book and uh I was not moving to the next chapter until I was completing the all the exercises that it was telling me from the prior one and uh, and one of those was actually mindfulness and uh, and you would be so impressed by seeing these people that are you know the huge guys that you see in the movies they are they are geared up with weapons and they are super strong and they and they just meditate like you and I do yeah they find that strength in their brain because of that exercise that are the same that I'm sure a lot of your listeners do on a daily basis yes and and so and so using those exercises I started to cope a little bit more with the situation and uh, and so there's there was also a transition into I can now have control over part of my mind processes. <clears throat> and that was one of the things that actually moved me towards investigating even more the, the different things that you can do if you train your mind to. So something good came out of that.
0: <laughs> That's really a great story. And, uh, you know, I, I think, wow, I got to check out that book, The Way of the Seal by yes. Mark Devine. Yeah, yes. very good. <laughs> yeah, I'll put that in our show notes as well, uh, which takes us to, I'd like to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. Here we go. The first question is this, who is one person who has had the biggest mindfulness effect on you in your life?
1: Well, I want to say my mentor, he came here to the US 50 years ago, more than that. Uh, he came here with the Marshall Plan and uh, and he he lived through three dictatorships. And uh, when he came here, he, he just taught me how you can cope with things like that. And, uh, and if he survived three dictatorships, I'm sure I'm fine <laughs> with anything that can come my way. So Claudio he, Claudio Stenberger, he he's a fantastic person. He's been my mentor for ever since I've met him. He's great.
0: Claudio Stanberger. Yes. Awesome. Okay, very interesting. Okay, my second question, how has mindfulness affected your emotions?
1: Yes, that's, that's a very, very powerful one. The, the way that I see it is when I do not meditate for whatever reason for a week, I can feel it now. So even just simple breathing exercises when I wake up and when I go to bed, just simple box breathing, four seconds inhale, four seconds exhale, and so on, it makes a, a very big difference. And, uh, and you feel it because when you're getting angry in a meeting or something like that, then something in your brain tells you, just breathe, just breathe. It's going to be fine. And then you start breathing, and with that you control your parasympathetic system and things start going better
0: yeah for sure and you've answered my next question which was about breathing so the next question after that is about a book and you've already talked about the way of the seal are there any other books that you would recommend to people i know you've written a book called become the person you want to be and that book is transcripts of a course that well you can tell us a little bit about it tell us a little bit about that book and maybe you have one other book that you'd like to recommend
1: yes absolutely well about that book it's uh, it's basically the transcripts of a course that can be used both by a therapist and by somebody that just wants to to do the course itself it's like you're reading the actual the actual transcript transcript of the course and um especially at the beginning of the year when you have all those goals and the New Year resolutions, it's a good time to think pragmatically about it. That's what I do in the course. It's not about set the right goals and then very philosophical conversation about it. No, no, it's very to the point and it tells you this is the things that you need to do today and tomorrow to get that done. But um, to tell you another book that really was very interesting to me was the tools of titans okay and uh, that's by tim ferris so he there's 200 interviews about um, spirituality business and uh, sports and he interviewed very successful people in these different fields and you will see the pattern of at least 80 percent of those they have some sort of ritual or mindful or some moment in the day where they listen to the same song in a loop for 15 minutes and it just helps them be focused and effective and grounded and that's where I decided to meditate every day just after I read that book I made it part of my routine and I have to say I can see the results for sure.
0: Right. And the last question is about an app. And of course, we're going to be putting in our show notes that the app is MindFlow. And of course, we could also mention Insight Timer, I'm sure. How do we find you on Insight Timer?
1: Uh, very simple, actually. If you Google Insight Timer, Fabio is the first link.
0: Okay, And I'm
1: going to send you the link to the profile as well, if you like. But uh, that's the easiest way for everybody who's listening.
0: Yeah. Insight Timer is great. I have meditations on there as well. I have a sleep meditation on there. And it was interesting hearing you talk about Insight Timer because it's such a great tool. It really is. And as we wrap up the interview, Fabio, do you have any final words of advice, any words of wisdom for Mindful Tribe who really want to live more of a life of mindfulness and to have more happiness and level of content in their life?
1: I think there's a lot of people that I can call wise and uh, I don't include myself in those. I can tell you something very practical maybe that helped me when I was defining what I wanted to achieve during the year. And um, it's, it's thinking in terms of not what you want to achieve so if you want to lose 20 pounds don't think about i want to lose 20 pounds think about what is it that is under your control that you can do consistently every day or every other day and do that so if your solution for that is i'm not gonna eat this type of food on five days a week then that's under your control. And the result is gonna be that you're gonna lose those 20 pounds. But if you focus your mind on losing the 20 pounds, that really looks like a huge effort and it's not gonna bring you necessarily anywhere. So break it down in small things and I explained the specific process of that in the become the person you want to be. Just break it in small pieces and then there's exercises to do to keep motivated The key thing is just do it every day. Figure out if you can have something that you can do every day. And uh, I read somewhere that, that if you don't have 10 minutes for you to meditate every day, then it means that you need two hours. (laughs) Yes, (laughs)
0: that is so true. Fabio, it's been fantastic having you on the show. I really appreciate what you've done in your life and how you help people through your app and your meditations. And Mindful Tribe, don't forget, go to mindflowapp.me and check out the app because it's truly a different kind of an app. There are a lot of meditation apps out there, but not like this one. This one's different. Uh, thank you Fabio again for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much. It was really fun to have this time with you. And uh, I really like your show and uh, I'm sure your tribe is, is really getting a better life bef- because of the work you're doing. So keep doing it, please. You're doing great. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much, Fabio. Bye now. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening, for subscribing, for reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts, and thanks to Erica Flint's Cascade Hypnosis Center for being our valued sponsor. Hey, Erica, we really appreciate you, and Erica is a terrific teacher of hypnosis, and I know that because I am a graduate of her program. Now, if you're a healer, or a coach, or a counselor, or someone who just loves helping people, Consider the powerful results that can be achieved with hypnosis. You can become a hypnotist, just like I did. Contact the team over at cascadehypnosiscenter.com. And if you'd like to work with me and break through some of those mind blocks, maybe lose weight, maybe quit smoking, maybe it's something else, I would be so thrilled to work with you. And as you've already heard on the show, I'm doing an exciting new beta launch. I've got room for three people. So reach out to me. Just go to mindfulnessmode.com slash talk for a free short conversation about what I can do to help you I look forward to hearing from you that's mindfulnessmode.com slash let's talk so now take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm focus and happiness stay in the mode